Praise God. God is always good. Amen. We've, uh, we've always heard children say, or plenty of times we've heard children say, and, and they even had a, a movie in the regard of, uh, are we there yet? And you're driving in a car someplace and the kids are getting antsy and are we there yet? And many times as adults, we also wind up thinking on a long trip someplace, are we there yet? Are we getting there? You know, uh, there can have different meanings in terms of destination, whether it's a physical destination or whether that there is a spiritual development um, state of being. The Bible says we're going to talk a lot about Elijah today. Bibles, the Bible says that Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are in James 5:17. That means that uh, Elijah, even though he was a mighty man of God, he suffered from the same issues of life that we do today. The same issues of life in terms of fears, in terms of disappointments and so on. He went through the same thing that we do. Yet he was mightily used by God. And uh, um, he was mightily used by God. And we see in 1 Kings, we're going to go there in a second, how this mighty man of God, as powerful as he was and as much faith as he had in God, he became so, so, you know, despondent and whatnot that he asked God to kill him. Okay, we're going to go to 1 Kings. Okay, the mighty, mighty man of God, Elijah, asked God to, uh, to kill him. Praise the living God. 1 Kings 19. Now, we touched on these scriptures a couple of weeks ago in regard to surprises, how, how we have a God of surprises and so forth. But we're going to look at these same scriptures today because there's some, uh, 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 there's some other very interesting and fascinating facts that God is making through us looking at Elijah. Okay, so 1 Kings chapter 19, okay, and we're talking about there. We said that there are different there's. There's a physical there, and then there's a spiritual state of being that could be a there. Talked about how we mentioned in opening here that are we there yet? Many times we felt on long trips. So we're going to be looking at there. Um, Chapter 19, verse number 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, about this time. And when he saw that, Elijah, when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, uh, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he uh, and he requested for himself that he might die. He requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Okay, so here this mighty man of God, after he has slain the prophets of Baal, Jezebel, this woman Jezebel, sends out a, a threat, a threat to him about I'm going to do to you what you did to them by tomorrow. And what does he do? This mighty man, Elijah, he gets all nervous and he runs off and he actually starts saying, God, why don't you take my life? Elijah wasn't perfect, yet he called, uh, he called fire down from heaven three times, even though he wasn't perfect. His words started and ended a three-year drought. And he is one of the only two men who never died. He was caught up alive into heaven, the other man being Enoch. There is also, uh, there is a lot we can learn from a man like this, both positive and negative. Anyone who is born again or baptized in the Holy Spirit and has a good relationship with God can have a revelation from God, too. That means you. 
Any, anyone, any born-again Christian who's in a good relationship can, with God, you can have a revelation. Sometimes we feel intimidated by those that are ungodly because we aren't boldly speaking forth the truths that God has given us. You know, we can be in the workplace, we can be in the neighborhood, we can be in the supermarket or whatever, and people that are ungodly can often say and do things to make us actually feel and feel intimidated, you see. And sometimes we have to stop and think about who we are in Christ Jesus, okay? Um, uh, the, the drought may have occurred with Elijah, the drought may have occurred, but Elijah wouldn't have been able to use it to affect the nation. In other words, if Elijah hasn't said, hadn't said, I'm going to, the skies will be closed up and so on, you know, they would not have connected it with God if Elijah hadn't prophesied it. Elijah was bold enough to speak before there was any proof that he was saying, that what he was saying would come to pass. It took a whole lot of great faith and courage to do that. Even though what was going on around him, Elijah spoke, always spoke what God told him to say. Elijah didn't have all the answers or know what would happen next when he spoke the prophecy to King Ahab. And go to, to 1 Kings 17, going backwards a little bit. 1 Kings 17. Okay. 17, verse number 1. And Elijah the Tishbite who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Okay, and now he obeyed what God told him to say. And and because of those words that he uttered, uttered, as we know, there was uh, uh, no rain for three years. Ahab had forbidden, when Ahab came into power, Ahab had forbidden worship of the true God. He brought in Baal worship. He brought in demonic Baal worship. He killed God's prophets, and Elijah was putting himself in harm's way by obeying the Lord. It wasn't until after Elijah delivered the word of God that God spoke to him how he would protect and sustain him. Okay, So in other words, what we see here is that God gave him a word. Elijah came and started bringing all this demonic, devilish practice. And instead of worshiping God, he, he, he had Israel, the ancient, the ancient Israel. He took them over and had them worshiping this demonic god, Baal. And because of that, God was bringing down doom on him and told Elijah, go tell him that um, there's not going to be rain and so forth. Now, Ahab obviously was a very powerful man. He was king, so Elijah was putting himself in harm's way. Can you imagine God telling you to go and tell some big politician that because of the way you're behaving, so-and-so, so-and-so is going to happen to you, you know, knowing that this man has power to do some physical harm to you. Okay, but Elijah wasn't afraid of that, and he went on and told him. And looking at 17, verse number 2, 17, verse number 2, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, um, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Underline the word there. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Okay? So he's saying, Elijah, Elijah's nervous. God said to go over here. The ravens are going to take care of you there. One of the great lessons we can learn here is that God doesn't reveal his complete plan immediately. He reveals his will to us one step at a time. At this point, all God said, I want you to pick up and go there. Didn't tell him why, simply that the ravens are going to feed you there saying that I'm going to sustain you when you get there. And that's how God works in our lives. He doesn't always give us the whole picture. 
He may say to you, this is what I want you to do. I want you to do this, or I want you to go there. I want you to, to not do this. I don't not do that. And you may, you may ask yourself, well, Jesus, what next? What next? All you have to do is think about what did he immediately say? So he told him to go there, to go there. So you see that after we obey the first step, God shows us the next. Why should the Lord, uh, well, why should the Lord show us step two or ten if we haven't obeyed step one yet? God's not going to add, God is not going to show you step 10 necessarily. But why would he show you step number 10 if you have a hard time being obedient to his go and do number one? You see, so this is a, this is a powerful truth for us to try and remember here. So don't try to figure out the next step until you have acted on what you know God told you to do. This is a this is a powerful truth to get down in your in your gut. Don't start worrying about step number 10 until you have acted on step number one. And don't be wondering about step number 10 might be. Many times when we are launching out to do something, you're saying to yourself, and if you're not saying it to God, you're saying to yourself, well, if I do that, well, what about this, that, and the other? What is that going to do? What is that going to trigger? What is that going to kick off if I go and do what I just heard God God say to do? Gee, well, step number two may do this. Step number three may do that. And you have the faintest idea of what it's going to be. All we have to do is to start off by doing what, what God said to do with step number one. The Lord told Elijah to go to the brook Cherith. He had already commanded the ravens to bring Elijah bread and meat there. And you see in verse number four there, where I had you underline the word there, he said, Then it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. But notice this. Notice this. The Lord did not send Elijah's provision or blessing or feeding where he, where he was. He didn't send the blessing to where he was. He said that I'm going to feed you there. Elijah's miracle wasn't where he was, but where the Lord was going to send him, where the Lord was sending him. The miracle was there. Now, that's awesome. So, in other words, what God is saying is that I'm not going to provide for you here. I'm going to provide or bless you over there. So that was Elijah's, the importance of being there. Each of us has a place called there. You, me, we have a place that's called there. And those theirs can change from day to day, moment by moment, from year to year. Where the blessings of the Lord are waiting. The Lord never fails to provide, but people often fail to receive the blessing because they aren't there yet. Okay? So in other words, where you are now, this is where you are now. But there's a there for you. There's some place that God wants to bring you to. And that's where there's going to be a blessing. That's where your eyes are going to be open. That's where you're going to start realizing some of the wondrous things of God. If Elijah had not gone to his place called there, his disobedience would not have stopped God's faithfulness. However, Elijah would not have received the blessing or the provision because the blessing was over there by the brook Cherith. Okay? The feeding of the ravens and the blessing was not where he was. It was over there at the brook Cherith. And that's where the blessing and the provision was going to be. Again, relating to ourselves, the blessing is not necessarily where we are. The blessing is at this place called there for you. And that there for you is different than the there for me. The difference from the there for you and the difference for the there, uh, the there for you. Say that ten times fast. Amen. Amen. So it's the difference of being where you are and the there that God has in store for you. This is exactly what is happening to many of us Christians. The Lord has placed something on our hearts to say or to do, but we haven't obeyed. We aren't in our place of there yet. We aren't seeing God's blessings because we aren't in that place of obedience. 
So if God is showing you that there is, this is where I want you to be, this is your there, and then we choose not to do what God is telling us to do, to go to that there, okay, then we are, we are acting in disobedience to what God would want us to do, okay? Now that does not mean that God is going to, is, is, is going to curse you. you. You're not going to die all of a sudden, necessarily, but you're not doing what God is wanting to do. So therefore you cannot get that there, because you can't get that blessing because the blessing is over there. All right. Okay. If you, if a, your car dealership calls you up and said, "I got a brand new spanking grand brand new car for you, a beautiful luxury car for you," and the car is over there, okay, you can't get that blessing until you go over there to get it. That there is not at your house. That there is not at your at your work. That there is not not where you are receiving that phone call. And if you don't go get, if you don't go to that there, you'll never get that brand new car. So when God is giving us an instruction in our lives and he's saying, this is what I want you to do and I'm going to show you great and wondrous things, but it's over there and that there will be articulated by God to you in whatever that he's telling you to do, you see. But if you don't take that action, then you'll never see that particular there, that, that blessing. I've heard many people say that the Lord told them to do something, but they just can't see how it could happen. You ever have that where God would, would, would tell you to do something? God will put it down in your spirit in here that this is what I want you to do. But then you start thinking to yourself, well, how could that happen? How could that materialize? I don't have this. I'm not that. I don't have this training. I don't have that thought. I don't know how to do. I don't know this. I don't know. And you start thinking about, well, how is that going to work out if you went and did what God was telling you to do? You know, you know, you, you can't see how it could happen. But what, what happens is that people want to see how God is going to provide before they go there. Okay, you understand what I'm saying there? You want to see how God is going to provide before you do what God is telling you to do. You want to know the outcome before you go to there. If, if Elijah hadn't gone to the brook, brook uh, at Cherith, the brook Cherith, he never would have received the bread from the ravens because he wasn't there. You see, and so it is with us. If we don't do what God is telling us to do, we'll never see what God has planned to, to, to manifest itself if we don't go there. You see, so the thing is, then we have to ask ourselves, what is the there? Okay, it it doesn't work like God. You show me what it's going to look like when I get there. No, it doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. Okay, okay. The the, the manager of that of that dealership says, I've got this luxurious car for you, and you have to come and pick it up, and you can't ask me any questions. Well, what kind of car is it? What kind of this? What kind of that? You know, you know, does it have four wheels? (laughs) You know, and you start asking all these questions. Well, we do this many times with God. Well, Lord, if I do this for you, if I do this, then what's going to be the outcome? No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. God shows you that there that he wants you to go to. And your job is to, is to do what God says and to get there. If Elijah hadn't gone there, like I said, he would, he, he would have lost his provision. The Lord's provision, uh, there's, a Lord, there's a provision for you, too, that God is waiting to give you. This place called there, as I said, it changes from time to time and from place to place in our lives. We have different experiences with God. Elijah also had a different experience with God. He had another there. Um, In uh, Kings 17, starting with verse number 8, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. And dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. 
You just can't, we'll stop there for a minute, you just can't seek the Lord once, hear his voice, step out in faith, and then stop listening. The Lord brings us into his perfect will step by step. Elijah moved when the Lord told him to move. We're going to continue reading the rest of this in a moment. Okay, but Elijah moved. So the first thing it says there, it says that he went. Okay, so it says in verse 10, so he arose and went to Zarephath. So for us, the first step, God gives you an instruction. We don't start asking a whole lot of questions. Why do you want me to go there? What's going to be the next step? The first thing is to do is to take action on what God is telling you to do. Okay, and then in, in verses 10 through 16, and continuing here, uh, verse, with 11, verse 11, and as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am getting two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first. Make for me a little cake first, and bring it unto me. And after, make for me, make for thee and for thy son. And thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and the house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by, by Elijah. Okay, so we see there a couple of things. The widow was faithful in achieving her there, so to speak, because this is what Elijah told her to do. And she didn't ask a whole lot of questions. She simply went on and made, made the cake and so forth and gave it to Elijah. Elijah had his there. God said, go to Zarephath. And that's there is where you're going to find this widow woman. And Elijah obeyed that and went. You see, again, so it's obedience that always, that always gets things moving for God. Elijah went on to defeat um, uh, the, the widow's faithfulness in giving uh, and giving caused her son to be raised from the dead. She had been operating in faith every single day. She would use the last bit of oil and meal for Elijah and then find that there was always enough to make a cake for herself and her son. This was a great faith builder for her. So what we see happening there again is how, how simply when God is telling you, this is your there, this is where I want you to go. Without questioning what the next step is going to be or the second, third, and fourth step, you simply obey. God will sustain you every step of the way, okay? We can't sit there and try and second-guess God and try to figure out, well, what's going to be down the path. Once you decide to pick up and go and do what God is saying, this is when the miracles and things start unfolding before you, you see? The same thing happened with the widow. She could have said to Elijah, oh, wait a minute, I've only got this little bit of oil. What do you mean that the, the, the oil is not going to fail and the, 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 the flour is not going to go away? And what do you mean to give it to you first? got to feed my son first. OK, but her there was to feed it to the prophet first. That was her there. That's where her blessing was going to be. She didn't stop and she didn't go and, and, and say, wait a minute now, there's all these if, ands, or buts I have. What am I going to do if, what am I going to do, and so on. He, she didn't question God through the prophet. She simply said, okay, I'm going to do what you told me to do. As a result of her going to her there, which was obeying the prophet, what happened? That's where she was blessed. Not only did the meal and the oil not fail, it didn't, didn't uh, uh, get used up, but her son was, always, was also healed. She didn't ask in advance, if I give this to the prophet Elijah, are you going to heal my son? 
She didn't say, well, well, Elijah, if I give you all of this, is there going to be more afterwards? Is there going to? She didn't question that. She went on and did what she was told to do. You see, so that was her there. And she benefited greatly by her by her being there. Uh, now, you see also that after that, Elijah went on to defeat the prophets of Baal. Go to one Kings 18. And we're familiar with this scripture, too. But let's look at it through some different eyes here, different set of eyes. Elijah, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Kings 18, verse number 36. Verse number 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou, uh, that thou art God in Israel. And that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast uh, turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consumed the burnt sacrifice in the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is, uh, the Lord, his God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took, uh, took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon, and slew them there. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up and drink, eat and drink, and for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Okay? So we see there that this is where he slayed, where he slayed the, uh, the prophets of Baal, and he called down fire. He went on to defeat them. He called down fire from heaven. The people who saw the miracle... The people who saw the miracle cried out, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. They killed all the prophets of Baal and the whole nation then turned to the Lord. Because again, Elijah did what God told him to do. That same day, Elijah prayed and ended the drought by a great rainstorm. Okay, and if you go to Kings uh, 41, uh, pick up in 41 again. And Elijah said, Ahab, get thee up and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up and eat. Uh, went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. He went up and looked and said, There is nothing. He said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, uh, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy, uh, prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heavens were, uh, was black with clouds and wind. And it was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his knees and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezebel. He outran, he outran Ahab, even though he was driving, even he was driving the chariot. So you see here that Elijah had prayed because of him being his being obedient to God and doing what God had called him to do. He prayed and he had the rain return to the land. So he's now again showing the power of God. You see, and, and it shows that he, he was so excited that it says that he ran. It was about, about 20 miles. He ran and beat Ahab to where he was going. That's how excited a, um, Elijah was. He was so pumped up in what was going on here and the fact that he was obeying God, seeing the fire come down from heaven, destroying the, and destroying the prophets of Baal, that now he brought back the rain to the people. So, again, Elijah was, was being obedient. But here's a very important lesson. There's a very important lesson here. After great victories often come very great temptations. 
After victories, there come temptations. All right? After you are, you are victorious over whatever it is that you're praying about in your life, whatever issue is going on, and God gives you a victory, that there comes also a great temptation behind it. This is primarily because we, we often lose sight and lose sense of humility and dependence upon God. Once that victory comes into your life, you have to make sure you don't lose you know, your, your, your humility and your dependence upon God and, and start thinking that you brought about all of this stuff on your own. You see, Elijah had successfully defied, defied the king, his armies, the prophets and all the people in the nation. But the next day, a note from a woman caused him to run in terror, as we saw in one Kings 19, two and three. After he had done that, that's this is, this is you know, he could have very well he, gotten very puffed up or to a matter of fact, maybe he forgot for a bit there the power that God had. But it was after this major victory, one woman, Jezebel, sends him this note and he forgets what God did in his life. And what does he do? He folds. You see, so God will bless you. God will, will give you a victory. God will bring you to a place that you didn't expect to really get to where, where, where you have, because of your obedience to God, you've achieved your there. And God, because of the fact that you went to your there, you obeyed God and God will bless you. Okay. But then all of a sudden, when this other tribulation comes along, you forget about what God had you do, what God brought you through, like with Elijah here. He brought about these miraculous things, opened up to stop the rain, opened up the skies again because of what God had told him to do. Uh, Elijah slayed all those prophets of Baal. And remember how that went down there. Remember, he had them. He's, basically, there was a, a competition. He told the prophets, OK, you call on your God and I'll call on my God. Bring out this meat and, 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 and prepare it. You know, we'll set it on fire. And Elijah said on top of it, I'm going to take some water and I'm going to pour water on the meat and build a trough around it. And you call on your God and I'll call on mine. The the prophets of Baal, if you read the, the, the preceding scriptures there, said they went about doing their usual things, shouting and yada, 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 making all these, these uh, vain noises. They even said the Bible says they started cutting themselves, trying to make their God respond to fire, to burn, that, to burn the offering. And Elijah made a joke at one point there. He said, oh, what's the matter? Is your God sleeping? He doesn't hear you or something like that. It was off on vacation, basically. And uh, then Elijah prays and the fire from heaven came down. Okay, and destroyed the and consumed the offering in spite of all of that water. So Elijah had done all of that, but he gets one note from Jezebel saying, I'm going to do to you, Elijah, what you did to them. And what does he do? He runs for the hills and asks God to ask God to kill him. So when you have done God's will and you've gone to your there and you've achieved that first blessing. There will be another there in your life where God will want you to go to the there's change. There's no telling how many theirs they may be in your life. It doesn't go by age. It doesn't go by, by, by uh, how tall you are, how short you are, fat, thin, or whatever. God, in accordance with his will, will give you various theirs. After you have achieved one there and you've been blessed and you've been victorious over something, you know, many times we let this other thing slip in. It's where we lose our humility and, in the, and, and our dependence on God. And then when another there comes along, all of, all of a sudden we forget what God brought us through in the last one. We forget about how God, you know, David even said uh, um, uh, when he was about to go fight Goliath, he said, uh, um, I will beat him because God brought me through. He delivered me from that lion and the bear. David, remember how God gave him strength to defeat that lion and the bear. You, too, have to also remember the various victories that God has given you. 
When you feel challenged by something new that comes into your life and God is telling you there's a there here for you. I want you to do this and gives you things to do. And you hesitate in being obedient because you're worried about your ability to do it. Think back to what God did before and how you followed God and God showed you and brought you to your victory. You see, because you're there, your theirs will change. OK, Elijah, all of a sudden, because of, of what this woman said, made him fall into a tears and he went off and said, God wants you to let me die. And God told him to go to Cherith. The Lord appeared to Elijah and then asked, what are you doing here? If you recall, there in, in 19 uh, verse number nine. Verse number nine, go back to 19, 19 verse number nine. Okay, this is after he had, re- had went off and asked God to kill him. He, uh, God said to Elijah, um, he came thither unto a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, what doest you here, Elijah? Why are you here? Why, 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 why are you here cringing and, 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 and whimpering? Okay, Elijah wasn't there anymore. He wasn't there. He wasn't in his place of there anymore. His place called there was back in Samaria. All right. Now, remember what he had just done. He had the people back there witness, had the people back there witness what God could do by the by the the destruction of the, the prophets of Baal. He saw all of that. The people there acknowledged that surely God is who he is. Then all of a sudden, Elijah gets scared and he goes off running someplace else. So he was no longer there. He was no longer in God's there. OK, God's there for Elijah was back in Samaria where the people were. You follow what I'm saying there? He, he was there. With, he was there. He performed all these miracles. The people there had finally come to the Lord. They were convinced that God is who he says he is. Then all of a sudden, Elijah says, I'm going to pick up and go because Jezebel threatened me. So he went someplace else. God didn't want him to leave. Because of what Elijah had done, because of what Elijah had done through God, the people that he was ministering to, so to speak, was convinced now God is who he says he is. So God says, so then Elijah, because of Jezebel, Elijah leaves that place. He goes someplace else. So he was no longer there because that was not where God would. God did not want him to be in this new place. God wanted him back where he was. You see, so how does that work for us? We all of a sudden we get blessed by something that God does. And then something else happens in our lives that throws us off. We forget about what God does, did, and we pick up and we go somewhere else, so to speak. We go somewhere else with our thoughts and our feelings. We go somewhere else in terms of, of, being, of, of being intimidated because of this new challenge that comes into our life. You forget that what God had did, done for you or before. You forgot what, what you did with God behind you. Then all of a sudden this new challenge comes up and you kind of, you, you forget about where you were with God and you go someplace else. So therefore you are not where God wants you to be spiritually. You follow what I'm saying there, okay? You're not where God wants you to be spiritually. Elijah now had pulled himself out of where God wanted him to be. People were now worshiping the true God, but Elijah had run away in fear, leaving the people without a leader. After you have accomplished something in God, God has done something for you and you've been victorious. Don't go running away at the first sign of trouble. Don't go running away at the first challenge to to whatever's going on in your life. Don't go running away just because all of a sudden things don't feel comfortable anymore. Okay? because then you're taking yourself away from where God wants you to be. You're taking yourself away from God wants you to be. When you when you go where God does not want you to be, then then he does not sustain you. 
As long as you stay where God wants you to be, you'll be sustained the same way God fed Abraham water and, and bread from the ravens. So in other words, they're like I'm saying, God gets you to you there and everything is working. Then another challenge comes about where you're there, where you are. Don't go running, running away to someplace else because now you've taken yourself, taken yourself away from your there. Your there is where God wants you to be, wherever God wants you to be. Okay, okay, and that resulted because of what Elijah did. It resulted in the Lord replacing Elijah with Elisha. Remember Elisha. Elijah's ministry fell short of what it could have been. The Lord actually spoke to Elijah in an audible voice. He told him to do three things, one of which was to anoint Elisha to replace him. That's in Kings 19, verse 15 and 16. And we can go there real quick. 19. 1915. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, um, shalt, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abdel-Meholoah, uh, shalt thou anoint to be prophet as uh, in thy room. Okay, so he said here to go and, and do those things, but he didn't do what he did was he anointed Elisha, but he didn't do the other two things. And that means Elisha failed in two thirds of the things that the Lord wanted him to do. Okay, he didn't follow through. So you might think that this meant Elijah was washed up and was never used of God again. Uh, but that's not not the case because Elijah went on to prophesy and he called the fire of God down two more times. We see in scripture called the fire of God down two more times. And most impressive of all, Elijah never died. He was caught up in the heaven by a whirlwind. Go to two, two Kings. Two Kings one. Two Kings one, nine through twelve. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go to 2 Kings 2. Sorry. 2 Kings 2. You see verse number 11. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Okay. So we see there that he never died. He was translated as it was. So this man who at times failed miserably still walked so closely with God that he never died. And this speaks volumes to us. The Lord has never had anyone working for him yet who was qualified. He uses us in spite of what we do. None of us are really qualified to do everything that, that God would have us to do without God. Okay, but in spite of who we are and in spite of what our qualifications are, God will take us and use us and develop us and bring us into what all he wants us to do. You see, but you have to be cognizant and aware of that there. You see, and the whole thing evolves around. Uh, uh, and again, and if, if you get this picture in, in your mind, you know, you know where you are at a given time might not be your there. God may have some other place for you to be. And wherever that place for you to be, and that place can be a physical location or it can be a spiritual state of being. It can be how close you are in walking with God. It could be how close you are in having faith with God. 
God's plan for you may have you may have it for you that there are tremendous gifts that he wants you to have. There are many gifts that God wants to pour out upon you. There are many, many wondrous things God wants to have you to do for him. You see, but in order for you to get there, there are certain things that you must do. And we have many times, many times we find ourselves saying that I'm not qualified to do that. Oh, Lord, why don't I just give up and die, so to speak? And I put that in quotes, not saying that you really want to die, but you just want to give up. And God is saying to you, why are you having this pity party with yourself? Why are you giving up on yourself? Haven't I shown you from past times what I can do as long as you have faith in me? So don't be so fast to want to move on, to move away from something just because you're having a challenging time where you are. Because that challenging time where you are is preparing you to get to your there, whatever might be there. And when God gives you that there and you feel in your spirit, this is what I want to do. Don't start thinking about steps number three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Just do step number one. Step number one may be, you know, simply, or, um, you know, go up to that person and say, uh, you know, do you know that God loves you? You know, that might be your there. And don't try to figure out, well, Jesus, why, Lord, do you want me to say that? That person can't stand me. Why would I give him that message? Maybe God wants to see what you would do. And don't try to guess, well, after I say that, Lord, what's going to happen? Is that person going to laugh at me? You know, is that person going to all of a sudden stop speaking to me and start thinking I'm some kind of nut? Okay, but that first step, saying that to that person, could be you're there. And then God will provide from there. God will provide from there. God told Abraham to take his only only son, his son that he had waited for for so many years. Well, he, he had Ishmael, but he told him to take Isaac, the one that he had been really waiting for, take him out, out to the mountain and uh, bind him up as a sacrifice and slay him. That was Abraham's there. Did Abraham, did Abraham say to God, well, God, well, if I do that, what's going to happen? Are you, are you going to stop me at the last minute? Abram didn't know what he was going to do, what God was going to do. Are you going to stop me at the last minute? Or do I really have to go through this? God, what's going to happen when I bring down that knife and it penetrates his chest, his heart? What's going to happen, Lord? What's going to happen? He simply said, okay, Lord, I'll go and do what you want me to do. That was Abram's there. And then when he got to that there, what did God do? God provided. God said, look, the angel came and said, stop, do not harm your son, for God has provided and it was a ram that was stuck in the bush. The whole thing that he, Abram was going there to make a sacrifice. The son was going to be the sacrifice. The angel said, wait a minute. Here's a ram. Sacrifice the ram instead. You see, but Abraham went to his there. He went to where God was telling him to do the same way Elijah did. Okay. So as long as you, long as you stay where you are, that is not where the blessing will be if God is telling you, this is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. Again, that applies to a spiritual, some movement in your spirit, in your spiritual growth, as well as a physical move. Okay, as well as, well, as well as a physical move. You know, you know my story about picking up from New York and coming all the way to Oregon. That was my there. That's what I had to do because God had told me to do. Okay, there wasn't a whole lot of questions in between there. Well, Lord, how is this going to happen? Well, I know that looking back on all of that, all of those years backwards, I know that every single step of the way, God provided. Okay, Lord, I'm going to get a one-way ticket, Lord, if this is where you want me to be. I'm going to take my family and bring them here. And, Lord, and then I'm going to, you know, after the two weeks, I'll go back and sell the house and do everything else. And, and, and that's all I know. That's what I'm going to do, Lord. I did not know what was going to lead beyond that. 
And God provided every single step of the way, step of the way, all the way through steps number 10 and more. Amen. But you have to do what God is telling you to do. Okay. And then keep and keep in mind, keep deep in your spirit locked that if I go to that there where God is wanting me to do. That he will he, he will feed me at the brook Cherith. When I start out on this journey to attend my my, my there, to get to my there, that God will feed me at my brook Cherith. Referring back to Elijah here. That while I'm, while I'm doing this and taking that first step, God's not going to have you falter. God's not going to have you fall by the wayside. God's not going to have you in a place that you can't pay your rent, can't pay your mortgage, can't buy food, can't do this, can't do that. He's not going to do that at all. He will provide for you each step of the way. Okay? And then when you get to that there, and you're blessed, and the thing falls out of it, and you're like, wow, gee whiz, oh Lord. How many, how many people here have at the time that God blessed you with something that was really, really blew you away. It was like, wow, that really happened. That really happened. How many times after you're in that place and then a few days, a few weeks, a few months or whatever, something will come up. Something will really come up that will make you feel uncomfortable and worried again. And then God in prayer, God says to you, this is your new there. This is your new there. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. That's your there. Again, remember that a there doesn't have to be a physical movement from one point, from point A to point B. A there could be something that God is telling you to do. And during that time, you're feeling this discomfort and you're feeling unworried and so forth about, oh boy, this other next step that I'm praying for. Think back to what God did when he took you to your brook Cherith and fed you. Took you to where God, go back to where God delivered you from something else that was happening and blessed you and gave you this wonderful position, this wonderful place in life, the spiritual blessing or whatever it may have been. Think back to that and you say, okay, God, I know now you want me to go there. I know you want me to do this, you want me to do that. And don't worry about steps number two, three, four, five, and ten. Okay, just simply remember that if God is sending me there, he's going to provide. Okay, and then as you step out in that, you will see that 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 when you get to that there where God wants you to be again, there'll be another blessing, another blessing that will come in to bail you out of whatever is going on in your life. And you sit back and you enjoy that. And, you know, I'm not saying to, to, to go through life looking for problems, looking for troubles. But Jesus said that you will have tribulations. All I'm saying to you is that when you have these various theirs in your life to take the step. And don't try to figure out what it is that God is trying to do for you. Just simply go on and do it. And look back on the theirs that God brought you successfully through and delivered you from and, and, and blessed you and, and brought miracles in your life. And then just move forth knowing that God's going to do the same thing again. You know, and, and, and at all costs, don't do what Elijah did there. Like I said, there's good and bad we can learn from Elijah. Don't do what Elijah did at the first time there where just because the woman threatened him, ran away and said, oh, Lord, why don't you just take my life? You know, you may have many Jezebels in your life that will come and threaten you just to throw you off your game. And those Jezebels can, form, can, can, can show up in your life in the form of a man. It doesn't have to be a woman because we refer to her as Jezebel because there's a Jezebel spirit. But that, that, that person could come to you as a man or whatever, but is trying to sow discord in your life and to make you feel uncomfortable and make you feel unsure about who and where you are in God. 
you rebuke that in the name of Jesus, God will give you another there. You just make, make sure that you go and you pursue that there. Amen. So there is indeed a real place. And, and take that, take that uh, um, and move forward in the Lord and be blessed by him. Amen. I pray this message was a uh, blessing to you. Now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.